Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Welcome to Exploring Missions, connecting mission needs with those equipped by God to meet those needs across the world or across town. And now the host of Exploring Missions, Bert Harper. Thank you for listening to Exploring Missions this weekend. And uh, we want to wish all the moms out there happy Mother's Day. And for some, it is a glorious day. For others, it's a difficult day. And we understand that. But we want to honor mothers today and, and say a big thank you. This is Bert Harper along with Nathan Harper, our co-host. Nathan, good to be with you. It's great to be here. And Mother's Day, it's one of those days that is so important in the life of, of I would say, the church, of families and homes, and we want to make it that important here at AFR. Uh, do you know of anything more important than parenting? I can't think of anything. When we think of missions, what is probably the most important place to be on mission? It starts in the home, and uh, moms, dads have uh, critical roles making disciples of the next generation, and not just that, but even sending out children, grown children, into the world to uh, make disciples of all the nations. And the Great Commission really hinges on, yes, the church, but also the families of the church and the parents to, uh, yeah, to do a good job equipping their children. And so we want to do that today. So today we're going to interview two moms that are dear friends with one another, and one of them is my wife. That would make her your... My mom. Your mom. That's right. Have you ever interviewed your mom before? I don't think so. She's already told me not to ask her any difficult questions. So <laughs> she we'll did, see how that goes. She did put some qualifications on this That's interview, right. did That's she right. not? Yeah. And guess what? We're going to go by it. If, if mom ain't happy... Nobody's happy. That's right. so we're, we're supposed to eat lunch after this, so we'll see if we, if <laughs> we'll we do a good job good. or not. We do. But Jan, thank you for joining us. Thank you. Uh, a lot of folks hear a lot about Jan. I When I talk, she's just part of my life, part of our ministry. We get to travel now together to churches, to conferences, and and share. And when we do that, we tell I tell folks, I said, I tell people what I should have done, and she tells people what she wished I'd have done, and it really makes a great conference. But, Jan, thank you. I appreciate you being on and appreciate what you've done. And all these years, we've been married, mm-mm, years, and, uh, and everybody says, I believe it with you, but they wonder about her. But you also have, we have our friend, but she's your dear friend. Would you introduce her? Yes, this is my friend, Deborah Johnson, and uh, we met many years ago. In fact, uh, I was a young mother at that time. <laughs> And uh, she was a little, just a little ahead of me. Her children were a little bit older than our three children. And I had moved to a new church and did not have a close friend. And I really wanted a close friend. So I asked the Lord to please give me a a Christian friend. I did not ask specifically for another pastor's wife, but the Lord gave me her. And she was a pastor's wife and had just moved to our town. In fact, what's interesting is the person who God used to answer my prayer was a man who worked for the telephone company. And they sent him from one town to our town to fix our phone for some reason. And he uh, met me and saw me with my three children. And he said, you know, you need to meet 
a pastor's wife that has just moved into your community and told me her name was Deborah Johnson and said, you need to look her up. I think y'all would really have a lot in common and uh, would enjoy getting to know each other. So uh, the next pastor and wife ministry meeting that we had, I looked for her, sat down. We started talking and it was just instant, wasn't it, Deborah? Oh, my goodness. It was, Jan. I mean, it was like the Lord just gave us, um, knit our souls together and gave us years of friendship in that one little time of meeting together. Exactly. And they haven't stopped talking since. No, we haven't. <laughs> and uh, her husband is Richard. And Richard's here. He's in the gallery. Now, when I say the gallery, that means a chair in the corner. And uh, he's over there. I invited him in. We don't have enough microphones for him, but anyway, if he feels led to correct his wife, Nathan, you scoot over and let's run <laughs> right. that. But we appreciate them. They've not only Jan and Deborah's friends, but Richard and Deborah have become our friends. But Jan and Deborah are just there. They are knit together in love, mm-hmm. and I appreciate that. How important has that been to you, Jan, to have it's a been friend very, like that? It's been very, very important. Oh, um, my goodness. My goodness. Well, one of the first things I even remember years ago, I think it's been 38 years ago since that first meeting. And I think the, I remember the conversation, uh, one part of the conversation was about prayer. And uh-huh. I knew you were praying about something that other people might think was insignificant, but mm-hmm. I knew in my heart I would have prayed for that too. <laughs> right, and so right. we were just bonded through our belief in the Lord and our love for him, but also in our desire to pray about everything. Right, and also the d- deep desire we had to just raise our children mm-hmm. to love Jesus mm-hmm. more than anything else. And I can remember many times um, we would talk on the phone and <clears throat> you'd say, or I would say, oh, my goodness, this my child is doing this, and what about this? And we'd talk to each other mm-hmm. and pray for each right. other because we did have a deep desire mm-hmm. for our children to love Jesus. Right. Well, how, how did you both being pastor's wives <laughs> gather into that because— Jenny and I do fishbowl ministries. Y'all have been a part of it, mm-hmm. and uh, your your daughter spoke one time, yeah. uh, Christy, and it, it was just, I still remember the laughter. <laughs> and uh, But how would you recommend, like, a pastor's, you know, a wife, finding another pastor's wife? Because they are, I, I don't want to put us completely separate from the world, mm-hmm. but Nathan, you were a preacher's kid. It's a little bit different just being yeah. a coach's kid. There's isn't some it? differences in pressure and just the different types of things. A lot of it's internal uh, that you feel that there's a difference, uh, and I'm sure it's even greater magnified for the pastor's wife. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. the different expectations mm-hmm. uh, are there as well as a double standard sometimes. Right. I think so, too. They expect different things sometimes. Now, mm-hmm. I didn't get this, but I want you to tell about the two letters you got the same week. <laughs> I wouldn't ask this except she tells this pretty quickly. Well, easily. this was when the boys were little and uh, I was having uh, trouble with the younger two, and, you know, sitting still, of course, in church. Because their daddy was in the pulpit. Yes. And mm-hmm. so I had them all by myself and our oldest one tended to, to act okay. Uh, um, thank you, Nathan. And I, <laughs> we know who I get that from. <laughs> but anyway, um, you know, having to take them out and correct them, bring them back in and that kind of stuff. And one week I got two anonymous letters and I did read them. Um, my husband says not to, but, you know, now. Mm-hmm. But um, the first letter said, you are too hard on your children. And then the other one said, you are not hard enough on your children. Same week. Same week. Same week. And it wasn't the same handwriting, no. so it wasn't the same person trying to be funny. But uh, 
so you guys have become good friends, and it's helped you as a pastor's wife. It's helped you as a mother mm-hmm. with sharing with one another. But on Mother's Day, we also want to go to the area uh, about how your moms influenced you. They were different, but mm-hmm, we want to mm-hmm. tell a, your story in a capsule. Mm-hmm. And uh, Jan, would you start with your story? Okay. Well, uh, my mom was um, a single mom at the, at the, at, when I was four years of age. Uh, my dad left our family, and she was left with three children. And uh, she did not throw in the towel. She got closer to the Lord. She um, went to church. She got us in church. Um, and then when I was a, just really young, she introduced me to the Lord and, um, and ta- you know, ba- basically led me to him. And she was my example. She taught me to pray about everything because we needed we needed so much uh, being left alone like that. and uh, Financially, financially, emotionally, in right, every way. Every way. And she was hungry for God's word, and she got into God's word. She loved the Lord, and she wanted others to know him. Uh, she listened to Christian radio all of my life. <laughs> even even after I came on it, yes. she didn't turn it off. She would listen every day. She knew more about what I was doing than I knew because she listened and nothing got past her. Right. Mm. And, you know, even though we needed money and clothes and all that, she taught us that it wasn't money that was important. It was seeking God. And we would pray for whatever we needed. And then we would watch God do miracles and, and see him provide for us um, when we needed important things fixed around our home. Like I remember one time our washing machine broke, and that was very important to a mother with three children. And she had us to pray, and the Lord led a deacon to come and fix it for free. And that meant everything to us. He was our hero. <laughs> I love that. I know. I know. So God is faithful, and he cares for us as his children. And um my mom didn't worship money. She worshiped God and taught us to um, go even, to God for everything. Even on that limited income, she tithed. She did. She mm. tithed. She was faithful. Mm. And um, sometimes she'd think, oh, my goodness, I don't know how this is going to work out, you know. And she would be struggling over the finances, and she'd have her pen and paper out, and she'd be struggling to do it. But she did things that a lot of people that have plenty of money don't do, and she she tithed, even though she didn't have much to tithe. Um, she cared about so many people and about them knowing the Lord. Um, our youngest son uh, wrote something about her and said that she was the first missionary he ever met. And um, it's because she cared about the little boy down the street or whoever, you know, Mm -hmm. that she wanted to be sure they knew the Lord. Well, Deborah, I know you, your story about your mom, you know, I would hear stories about your mom (laughs) for Jan. And I felt like I knew her because of that. Right, right. She was known by laughter, wasn't she? Well, I would say laughter and giving. Um, We grew, I grew up in an alcoholic home, so it was lots of stress and lots of uh, confusion at that time. But I'll tell you one thing. Mother uh, never got bitter about anything that we went through. We laughed. We would laugh about everything, even her toughest times that she was going through. We would find something to laugh about. And she was just a giving person. I mean, if you loved a necklace she had on, she was going to take it off and just give it to you right there. And if you you could not pick up a piece of paper for her that she did not want to give you something or pay for something for you. And in her latter years, um, it's kind of funny because through the years she had all this costume Tim jewelry and so she would just take it everywhere she went like she I kept I took care of her in her latter years and she would walk down the street of our house 
with her uh, jewelry in her. <laughs> and she, people that would come up to her and say things to her, she would open that little part and she would give them jewelry. She was known as the jewelry lady. <laughs> I mean, and she would just bring it to church and give people jewelry at church. She was just a giver and a lot of fun. Our house was the fun house. <laughs> and Mother always, um, my they divorced when I was about 15, and Mother always provided for us. Sometimes she worked two jobs and went to beauty school. So she was <coughs> definitely going to take care of her children no matter what. Right. So. That's what I... That's that's something about mother that she she never gave up. She she worked hard and then she had to come home and work hard. Mm-hmm. She didn't have any let up. You know, she would help us with her homework. She would fix her clothes for the next day, fix supper. I mean, she didn't have a let up, but she kept staying in there day after day, Dang. night after night. Well, when you think of that and the mother that you had, it affected you being a mom as well. And one of the things that I love to hear is how she taught you to pray about everything and our sons had it a lot better than you had it growing up because of provision of a dad i was home uh you know i'd come home in the afternoon and sometimes janet say they need discipline and uh i'd try to i'd try to be that man and nathan did you ever dread me coming home because your mom said you can't wait till your dad gets home so off oftentimes it seems often to me, I don't know, it might have been more often than what I'm even thinking, but, um, you know, mom, you would say, well, you're going to have to wait till your dad gets home, and meaning, you know, there's something coming your way because you've, you've, you've earned some discipline of some kind, and, uh, you know, you always came home. <laughs> well, that's a good thing, yeah, that but is. at the same time, you know. I knew I, 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 I was in trouble. Oh, I tell you what's rough is when you do discipline them as the mom and they laugh because it's not tough enough. Yeah. <laughs> at, at a certain age, you get too big and it kind of tickles a little bit. <laughs> I never had good upper body strength. <laughs> but with three boys that, let me just say, they were kind of hyper like their dad. Mm. Now, I, I was kind of compliant as a child. And Dr. Dobson began his ministry in AFR, began their ministry the same year Nathan was born, 1977. Wow. And we say God did all that for, for us. And that year in 1977, we were up close to Corinth, and there was the first Christian radio station, it wasn't AFR back then, that started, and we could pick it up from our house. It was out of Walnut, Mississippi, and Dr. Dobson had a 15-minute program. Oh my. I, I've got to get you with Nathan in here. Tell about the tapes and the books that we got from Dr. Dobson and what our oldest son, who was a, a he was a reader from very early, yes, wasn't he? Yes, he was. I read to him before this is, he was this born. Is your, this is your life, Nathan. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> well, I mean, I did read to him before I, before he was born, and then, you know, he was a day old, two days old, I would read to him. <laughs> and um, so he's always loved books. But anyway, uh, we had these tapes by Dr. Dobson and Shirley Dobson, and we listened to them, and we had them in our guest room, and Nathan was toddling at that time and crawling around, and he was in that room, and I looked my looked in and saw that he had one of the tapes, and he was pulling it apart, all that These ribbon. These are cassette yes. tapes. Now, you that don't know what they are, they're, 
They're little tapes, uh, rectangular and ribbons yeah. on them. If it makes you feel older, I had to explain what one of those was to my son not too long ago. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, the ribbon was everywhere. He was pulling it out. So I went and I looked at it to see what it was, and it was to spank or not to spank. And I thought, this child already can read. But of all of 24 tapes, that's the one he got. <laughs> that's the one. It's on. And he had already torn the cover off the Strong-Willed Child book yeah. that we had. Yeah, we mm. tell, Deborah, we tell folks that Dr. Dobson wrote the book, The Strong-Willed Child, for us, for Nathan. Mm-hmm. But he hadn't written the other two, The Stronger-Willed and The Strongest-Willed. <laughs> and if Micah is listening, which Micah can and Matthew can listen, yeah, they know that. And uh, they, it was just fun. But Jan, as a mom, had those three children. You had three children, four children, right? Right. I had four children. And one of the things I can remember in talking about our our children loving Jesus is I would just pray, Lord, what in the world? Tell me everything I need to do to raise these children. One of the things is when we would go away from home, our oldest daughter was then 15. She would watch everybody. Well, I I said to them, now, listen, y'all know you're not supposed to watch certain things on TV. So in order to really impact them and let them know that I was serious and God was serious, I got a piece of wood, and I put two big googly eyes on that wood, and it said the scripture, for the eyes of the Lord are in every place watching the good and the evil, and I set it right on top of the one TV we had in our house. And I really, it seems funny now, but I was really genuinely serious that I wanted them to understand that God was watching every time and every place. Now, fast forward 40 years later, and they told me that, Mom, we used to just walk up there and turn the piece of wood down so his eyes couldn't see us. <laughs> oh, man. And you find out all kinds of stories later. <laughs> after, our, after, our, after our sons left and friends had come back, especially Nathan's best friend, mm-hmm. Kevin, Kevin would tell everything. <laughs> you remember that, Nathan? I mean, yeah. there wasn't anything Kevin wouldn't tell. And we'd say, really? And uh, one of the things that we did, Jan had the idea, and I, Nathan, I want you to, if you remember it, we had a chart of things they were to do and then the consequences of not doing it. <laughs> now, our boys, Jan could cook breakfast, but our boys loved cereal. I mean, sweet cereal. (laughs) They they could love it, and Nathan could look at it and read the box. He had the box memorized, I guess. And one of the punishments. Do you remember this, Nathan? I don't remember. Okay, one of the punishment was no cereal. And that was that was worse than a spanking. It was worse than uh, than timeout. You had to find what worked. Yeah, no cereal. Oh, dad, no. And uh, even though they said those spankings did not work, when we moved from one of our houses and we were moving our refrigerator, I found three fly swats under the refrigerator. <laughs> they knew what to hide. They knew what things to turn over. Yes. But the desire was to bring them up in the nurture and admonition mm. of the Lord, and then to be champions. Have there been some curves in the road? Yes, there has. Mm-hmm. But I, I still go to that scripture. It's in Proverbs about a tri- child. Train up a child in the way they should go, and when they are old, they are not depart from it. Proverbs is one of those things. It's a principle with promise. That's mm-hmm. that's the I, I've tried as best I can. Being a pastor, being a parent, uh, Jan and I speaking to couples and parents. What does that mean? Is it something you can claim? I think it is you can claim because it's a principle. But 
we found out, and I want y'all to comment on it, and we did this, Life Action Ministries came to our uh, church, you know, and just did it. And I remember them saying, I forgot which one person said it, that in, in math, two plus two is four. Well, you can count on it. Parenting is not quite a science. Mm-hmm. It's more of an art. It's like them being on a master, uh, canvas and you're trying to paint the picture and sometimes mistakes are made and you're trying to correct that. But parenting is rewarding uh, and grandparenting is even there and mm-hmm. we're in that stage of life and enjoying that. Mm-hmm. But Dr. Dobson said there's nothing like parents that keep you on your knees mm-hmm. praying. And, you know, mother was a good grandmother as well and a good great-grandmother and she um, she prayed for I think that, if I was, if I were to think of uh, a main thing that my mother was as a single mom, uh, and never married af- after my dad left and they uh, divorced, they um, she never remarried, but she prayed. She was a prayer warrior. She prayed for people at her church. She prayed for people that were her neighbors and her children or grandchildren or uh, just anybody that needed prayer. And even growing up as a child, uh, when I would. You know, she would help me study for a test, and she, when I would come home from school, she would call to check to make sure we had gotten home okay, and she would say, I pray for you while you took the test. How do you think you did? Oh, that's she beautiful. Because mm-hmm, she would find out, you know, about the time that I would be taking it, and she would be mm-hmm. praying. That's awesome. And so I learned a lot just through her example. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, another thing, talking about prayer and how important that is, I remember my mother-in-law she was uh, quite a lady. She loved the Lord with all of her heart, and she was a great example for me. But I can remember when we had our first child at six weeks old, we came to her house. We moved from New Mexico to Memphis, and she had a prayer book on her table. And I remember when I was in high school, I always had this desire just to do what was right. And I thought to myself, now, look, I I come from an alcoholic home. Surely I should be wild or something. But I never had a desire to do that. I always wanted to do what was right. Well, when we came back uh, to Memphis, I looked on her table and there was a prayer book. And I looked in that prayer book and she was already praying for my daughter, Christy, who was just six weeks old. And I looked at her and I said, Mom, did you did you ever pray for Richard's wife to be when he was growing up? And she said, oh, honey, if you only knew how much we prayed for her and for it's you now. But I can remember feeling like there was some kind of a boundary I just could not cross. And I do believe um, it was her prayers. Yes. Well, Jan did a needlepoint and different things, and she put them what it means to follow a, a man. You know, mm-hmm. uh, a little man follows you, and she gave that to me. <laughs> yeah. Knowing I had three sons, you know, following in my footsteps right. and following a mom like that. But Nathan, you and I was talking about it being missional. There's a lady, Susanna Wesley. She kind of epitomizes what a, a mother yeah. is on mission for God. Yeah, pr- a praying mother. You know, uh, Susanna was actually uh, the 25th of 25 children to she be born. She was. She was. And they think the Duggars and the Bates have big families. <laughs> and then she herself gave birth to either 17, 18, or 19 children, 10 of which survived. Um, and we know two of those, uh, specifically real famous John and Charles Wesley. But Susanna... Speaking of praying mothers, she would, on a daily basis, she would go and sit in the corner 
of, of the house with all these children around and uh, would take a, a piece of cloth, a fabric, uh, like a shawl or something, and she would sit in the corner and cover her head and get into her prayer tent. Mm. And she would spend hours praying, talking to the, to, to the Lord. And, and those children, John and Charles especially, would notice. And they would know, don't bother mom. She's talking to God. And, uh, you know, just what a, an impact that woman through her, through her children and her influence uh, would have really on the, on the entire world. world. Mm-hmm. On the world. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's the mothers. I mean, mm-hmm. and is there Jan, a wife? Uh, a, a daughter. I don't know if there's a higher calling than a mom. No, I don't think so. Deborah? Well, I don't think so either. I mean, it's a total commitment. Mm-hmm. It really mm-hmm. is. Mm-hmm. You have to be self-sacrificing. There's a lot of qualities you have to have. If you don't already have them, mm-hmm. God has to develop in you. Well, he does. Mm-hmm. I mean, many times I'd say, get to your room and you better pray. The Lord tells me what to do. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, when you think about the moms that are out there, you know, that are raising young, mm-hmm. young children where mm-hmm. you guys were. Mm-hmm. Do you have a word of encouragement, a word of to share with them that comes to your mind? I would say pray about everything and teach your children to pray about everything, even if they are not in need financially. Uh, there's so many needs that we have um, for safety and for other other things other than financial. But if it is financial, for sure, teach your children how big God is because um, they need to know that mm-hmm. for their, their life. They need to learn Scripture verses. I would say that's very learn important. Learn Scripture. You, you said a lot of them to music so that they could your, your children could learn them. You were musical. I was not. But a lot of that you would share with them about uh, even like, yeah, you know, the fruit of the spirit is, mm-hmm. and and set it to music to learn these verses. Well, I had a friend that set that one to music. But yeah, but I, you would work on others. Mm-hmm. I know. I know you're not going to take credit for that. <laughs> I, you got any advice for those young moms? Well, I do think that uh, memorizing scripture is one of the greatest things because we know that the Bible tells us it will not return void, and the scripture will still speak when our children are grown up and out, away from us where we can't speak. The scripture that they've memorized, the Bible says the Holy Spirit will bring that back to their remembrance. So, I mean, I'm not saying this was right or wrong, but I just we would give we would give incentives to our children if they'd memorize. One particular was Romans, a chapter in Romans. I think it was six. And we would give them. We said, if y'all will will memorize this, we will give you such amount of money. And they did that. But I mean, I just. I think that that is one of the most important things ever is hiding God's word in their heart so they will not sin against him. Nathan, when you think of your childhood and thank you, mom and dad, uh, we were you were you were a trial, man, because we had never (laughs) been first. Yeah, you're the first. We'd never been parents before. But when you think of parenting and your mom, did you feel loved? Oh, absolutely. That was not a question. Um, and, you know, to this day, just thankful that, you know, God placed me in, in, in the family that he did, uh, knowing it was not just for me to receive the love and blessing of that, but also to uh, be a blessing to others and to take that and, and, to sh- and to share it, you know, wherever God sends me. 
yes, to the next generation, but also, you know, to my neighbors, to the nations, wherever God sends. Um, the home is a missional lo- launching point, you know. Mm-hmm. You're an era in yeah. the hand of a mighty woman. That's right. Amen. <laughs> and uh, going out and talking to those in the gate. Deborah, thank you for being with us today. Thank you, Bart. Jan, I finally got you on the radio. <laughs> thank you. Yeah. I love you and appreciate who you are. I love you. Nathan, thanks, and uh, happy Mother's Day. And and treat that mom like she deserves to be treated, like a a jewel. (laughs) Have a good day on this Mother's Day.